I got to tell you, your, your guys' Instagram videos are the funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> we try to bring humor to a, a once was a boring topic. I think just because PTs and Kairos and medical, they get everyone gets so institutionalized into speaking a certain way. They all become a bunch of fucking drones. <laughs> and I actually broke out. I broke out of the mold. Oh, <laughs> we will get into that. You are listening to the Live Better Show with Brett and Jason, where we dive into life crushers changing their game, talking about wellness, and sharing a message of putting plan into action. Live Better is based on five pillars. Move better, eat better, think better, give better, and live better. We move for freedom, to do and go where and when we want. We practice good nutrition to combat an age of being overfed and undernourished. We practice mindfulness for ways to live purposefully. We give better as the basis for why we do anything at all, especially when focusing on the health of our clients and community. And at the intersection of it all, we live better. Health and wellness is the sustainable fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. Our guests share their story, their mission, and the pursuit of having the best day ever every single day. Hey! Turn up, bitch! (laughs) Today's sponsor of the Live Better show is Hyperice. At Hyperice, their mission is to provide athletes with a set of tools that improve performance by accelerating recovery time, preventing injury, and enhancing the body's ability to move more efficiently. All Hyperice products are developed and tested to meet the standards of the world's best athletes. Vibrating foam rollers and balls, the best ever. We simply cannot get enough of the Hypersphere and Vipers. We use them before and after every training session we complete, whether that's for running or rock climbing. We are also lucky enough to provide you with the best discount code ever. Use the code LIVEBETTER20 for a 20% discount off the site. Welcome to the Live Better Show. We have Dr. Mike from Move You. Welcome, Dr. Mike. Oh, man. Thanks, guys. Jason, Brett, thanks for having me. Excited to be part of this. <laughs> awesome. Um, so we kick off every show just to kind of give you an open forum. So tell us a little bit more about Move You, um, yourself, and uh, your guys' business. Well, myself, my background is I came from the uh, sports injury chiropractic world. And I've been in the profession for 17 years and over that time frame, my mindset has shifted from thinking that there was this holy grail of treatment or treatments that were going to cure or fix people's problems. And, and over the course of time, that's transformed. Uh, that is transformed to a deeper understanding that there's nothing I can do to fix somebody other than guide them down the right path. And therefore, this whole this movement that we've done is this this shift has gone from seeing people in practice to moving our business entirely online and spreading a message while guiding people to move better and live a pain-free life. And it's been tremendous, the results so far. And that's what I'm so inspired every day to hear the success stories about people that have gone through a program or just the feedback that we're going down the right path, um, that people actually do want this. Because in school, this whole diagnosis, treatment, we're trained to think that that's what people want is this quick fix. But I'm learning that people are tired of that and they want more and they want to be empowered and they want to live an amazing life. And I'm learning that everybody deep down inside of them has, at least I believe, everybody 
wants to be great and, and live their dream life. And oftentimes people have an obstacle to getting there. And in our case, in the field I work in is oftentimes pain. And, but the truth is what, what we've learned is that it's not just about treatment or posture or core bracing. There's a lot that goes into, there's a lot that goes into somebody who's in chronic pain, getting them back to a pain-free active life. It's not just a treatment or a diagnosis or a symptom. There's mental components, physical components, there's social components, there's the career you choose, all of this, the research is emerging, it's there to support that. And our job now is to, is to help guide people, is to help them understand that and guide them back to a pain-free life. And that's really become my life's purpose, and it feels really good. It feels really good to be doing what I believe is the right thing. Yeah, and that's awesome. I, lo- I love your approach that it's more of a lifestyle switch, and I think that's something that Brett and I have really incorporated into starting to run our business is that it's not just nutrition, it's not just training, it's not just sleep and stress management, um, but really there are social, spiritual, physical, mental factors into health and well-being as an overall structure, um, and everybody just needs different pieces of that puzzle kind of solved for their own facts and circumstances. Um, so I think that's awesome that you guys are applying that. And I think it's also super rare from a kind of like movement coach background, but I I would love to know also more about how you guys got to be doing this. So how did you arrive to that approach? Because I feel like that's definitely not, not traditional. Um, so I would love to hear like how you guys got there, what's your background in and sort of how you fell into doing move you as you guys are running it now. Man, that's a really, really good question. So the time frame, so I was in sports injury chiropractic for, for nine years, 2000, 2009. That was learning about it, getting a doctor degree in it, thinking that this adjustment was this high, this almighty thing. And I learned the latter half of that time frame that it, that it really wasn't what I thought it was. And so I started seeking I really believed it was movement. So that's when I got down the paths of SFMA and FMS and TPI and Graston and active release and CSCS and um, starting to really bring the movement in play. But there was still some major missing pieces. To tell you guys the truth, it wasn't until last year, 2016, where I had this major life transformation, meaning that I was looking at my life and I was seeking more, I was doing more enjoyable, pleasurable things like spear fishing, dating and traveling and all these <laughs> things and also running a slow growing local business. And I was seeking success. I honestly was just, didn't even think chiropractic was even for me. I was like really just going to leave the whole profession. And, and I, just, I put a stake, I, one day I literally <clears throat> some events led up to and I said that's it it's it's time to make a change in my life and to do something amazing I knew I was capable of it and I knew we had it with us we have Andrew we have Marisol our team at Cali Spine we developed a system that worked for people but I didn't until I truly developed the success mindset what success really was taking the right steps every single day staying committed to a process not seeking these quick fix answers that's when I realized that Andrew he herniated a disc um, 
and really screwed his low back up in 2013. And so as he was doing the movement corrective side in Cali's spine, he was doing the exercise that I was doing, the diagnosing and treating. So I'm still looking for these magical treatments and adjustments and all these quick fixes. Meanwhile, on the other side, he is, he's helping people take, make small steps in improving their movement and the way they live every day. And there was a point last May I go, son of a bitch. Andrew's got it. He has it. He, that's the pride. It's not the treatment. It's that lifestyle change. It's the way it's not. And I learned then I put the success characteristics over it, meaning, yeah, people ever like people that know how they, they know that smoking cigarettes is bad. They understand that. And even if there is a step by step process to them, to them, a proven step by step process that they follow, they quit smoking. Most are going to do it. Why is because there's a motivation, inspiration side that has to be there as well. And so I came in with Move You, and I go, that's it. We've, it took us a while to develop Move You, but it's truly designed to be a to empower people to take ownership of their lives and their body, and to move towards the, the life of their their dreams, their goals. And that's the overlay that I put over top of it. Andrew guides people with the movement because he crushed the disc in his low back, and he learned how to get out of it. He learned. It took him a year and a half. There's not the quick fix. I learned that you that I would currently. I don't usually listen to people that unless they, unless they've been down the path where I'm going, and that's what I've learned from Andrew is the process takes longer than I thought it did. I'm almost looking for that. I was almost that doctor trying to do the the scratch off lottery ticket, helping people look for this quick fix, this muscle scraping, this adjustment, this traction technique. But it's it wasn't the answer wasn't in any of that. The answer is in moving, making your, a better version of yourself every day. And we use movement as the vehicle, as the pr- movement exercise as the primary vehicle to get people there. But along that journey comes the inspiration, the motivation, the community aspect. People feeling they're not frail and fragile anymore. People understand, realize that they're strong, that they can do it, that they're in control. And at the end, they're empowered. And so that's it was last May is really when it all started. It was like that breakthrough. I don't know if you guys read third circle theory, um, but it's like people moving from different circles in their life. And I feel like I moved to the, the second. I feel like I've, I'm in touch with another part of the universe. Like I, I'm tapped into it. And now I just guide that at people. And, and that's I believe a lot of our growth has to do with that. So I don't know if that answers your question. That kind of how we got to where we are right now. It's pretty new. It's pretty recent. And the growth is awesome, and it feels really good. Yeah, I, I bet. And, and I think that exactly what you said about being process-driven as your approach rather than these like quick fixes, everybody wants a magic bullet, but nobody's willing to put in even the like 10 to 15 minutes a day that probably could get you a major result. Um, and that's something that you know Brett and I try and back in with clients, and I think that's, that's awesome that that is um, something that you guys preach. Um, because that's what's kind of been successful for both, both Brett and I. We we are a little bit ADD with our own personal training um, and training goals. I think it's changed from well, like gymnastics to yoga to handstand work and all kinds of stuff. And there's so much information coming out like, oh, you can get cupping or scraping or you can do this type of soft tissue or get this kind of massage or this kind of release. But it's, it's almost just sticking with one thing is probably better than trying to do all of them. 
Um, but I think it's awesome that you guys take that kind of long-term approach. So I, I, that was a great answer to that. And I would love to know more about the move you method itself. Um, and also sure. and you, what's up? I'll have to read this little portion here. It's I'm just, uh, I just did a big research. Uh, I've been doing a lot of research review and this is just in parallel. There's been an expansion in physical therapies offered for low back pain. Many of these therapies focus on symptom relief and or correcting supposed bio, biomechanical faults using spinal manipulation, soft tissue techniques, electrotherapy, dry needling, and taping, to name a few. These therapies, when tested, have only demonstrated small, at best, short-term benefits. <laughs> it's like, damn. Yeah. And it's easy to just – it's easy to want all of them. <laughs> yeah, I think one, yeah, of the, one of the things that – You don't have to do anything, right? You don't have to cheat. People want people initially want to continue the lifestyle that caused their they want to continue living the very lifestyle that has caused their problems. Right? They they don't want to make a change, so they seek those those magic bullets, uh, which the entire medical and alternative healthcare system focuses on. I don't want to say and when I say entire, I want to say ninety five percent. Because there are five percent that are that are um, they are practicing and teaching what the contemporary research does show, um, but there are limitations to any private practice. Anywhere you actually have to drive a vehicle, park, go in and wait and do something decreases the chance of success significantly just because of the inconvenience that goes with that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, you gotta you gotta remove almost any restrictions. Yeah, we Brett and I have like little tricks. Like if you're gonna get up early to work out, or you're gonna work out before you go to work, put your gym clothes in front of the doorway. So you have to actively do more work to avoid getting out of the way of working out, putting on your gym clothes than you do to actually do it. Love that. That is awesome. Have you guys heard of the book Switch? How to change when change is hard? No. You know, I, I've researched, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Precision Nutrition, or are you guys familiar with them? Yep. And Dave Ramsey, he uh, does, he's the financial guru, but a lot of their material correlates with the book Switch, but one of them, he calls it instant habits. It means, like you, just like you said, put the gym clothes there, or at least, yeah. and even wear them around all day. Just, it's an <laughs> instant habit. 100%. Just, yeah, you got to go out of your way to be lazy. That's what we want. <laughs> um, That's good. That's so we, we would love to hear more about the, the Move You method. We were poking around the website. Um, and I also would love as kind of like a question 1B to that, you talked about the intangibles of creating a community and um, the pieces outside of like doing things like soft tissue rolling, the, the mental side of it, the motivational side of it. We'd love to have you kind of walk us through the Move You method and then also – Maybe just as you're discussing that, how you incorporate some of those elements of the community aspect, the motivational aspect. I know, obviously, through your videos, you guys use humor, which is awesome to keep people coming back. That's certainly what kept me coming back for sure. So we would love to know more about that. Sure. So um, when Move You was built, we... I did not expect it to be as powerful as it is, as powerful, influential, and effective as it is right now. And we're just at the beginning of this. Um, we have so much more improvement to make with the program, with the process. 
Uh, but as of right now, I'll walk through where we are and, and how we got there. So just in general, the Move You Method is a step-by-step online exercise program to transform your mindset and movement and accelerate your journey back to a pain-free life. Now, for those people that have some sort of a fitness background, the heart and soul of the Move You Method is a it's a streamlined biomechanics video course. So teaching you how to deconstruct your movement into its most foundational pieces to identify and fix the problem areas and to reassemble reassemble those moves back into movements. And we make it very simple. Uh, currently, I don't know if anyone else that makes it simple is, is I mean, my, the biomechanics that I learned usually come from doctors teaching other doctors at seminars. And now those doctors teaching patients um, at an office. But often those doctors, even a weekend seminar doesn't do, – the people that are six, seven months into the movie method now, I trust them more than physical therapists and chiropractors to teach other people movement just because the movie method is a learn-by-doing method, not a learn-out-of-a-book because we get messages all the time. What exercise is good for back pain? What books do you recommend? I don't know. It's – transferring knowledge there's there's knowledge and then there's putting it to work and our movers we call them agree that 50% is the knowledge and 50% is doing it so going back into the move you method so it is a simple proven method that works for everybody because no matter what type of back pain hip pain knee or shoulder pain you're struggling with or what you've tried in the past This program gives you the tools to help you achieve your physical goals more rapidly than anyone thought possible. And just like you guys, I've noticed um, in other other fitness and health professionals that understand the process of helping people form habits is that we get people to do – once they enroll in the movie method, they commit to a 30-day process, 30-day challenge. And what that means is they commit to practicing – Techniques. Actually, let me back up a little bit. Let me go back into an overview of the movie method. So it is a step-by-step online exercise program to transform your mindset movement. Now, because chronic pain or if people are looking to – we believe that – not we, but every mover that's completed believe that every human being should complete the method because it teaches you proper mechanics. And the only way people learn mechanics are – some people naturally do them through – through sport development. But other than that, it's not like there's courses on this. So with the method, and it's an online course, and it's done through eight modules, and each module builds upon the previous one. At first, the first module, the first few modules teaches people how to improve their posture by breaking down the components of the posture, then rebuilding it. And then, and then the program teaches them how to properly brace their core Whenever their posture, their six postural points are in alignment, and then learning to strengthen their core when in a when in good posture. Finally, connecting their core to their everyday movements: squatting, lunging, deadlifting, twisting. And then the fourth step is at that point being able to transfer those everyday movements into every sport or movement, whether it's jujitsu or golf or or boxing or running. You'll have the, you'll have the 
movement transformation where you'll be able, you won't need to ask questions anymore. That's how it flows. But none of that, it's, it's unlikely that someone's going to succeed simply going through the process without the support. And so the support comes within, currently we use a private Facebook group. And we have it separated into different groups. And everybody in the group uploads videos, uploads techniques, and it gets critiqued. It gets critiqued by sometimes 20, 30 people are critiquing movement. And so now the people in the group actually become, as they become an expert, now they turn and become a leader. And as you guys know, when you become a leader, you're obviously, you're already holding yourself to a higher level. Being a leader is practicing, it's living the lifestyle that you preach. That's my definition of a leader. So now if this group is the process of movie method, people are becoming leaders at this and leading entire groups of people. Um, so this community also is a way for us to – people find a great sense of, of, of support and motivation in the community just by seeing these – every single day there's a success story in there. It's a tearjerker too. It's not like my back hurts less. My back pain was an eight and now it's a two. These are life-transforming stories that if you don't cry reading them or at least get a little choked up, there's something wrong with you because they're powerful <laughs> So now those provide the inspiration and motivation to keep going because they're seeing we have whatever Olympic gold medalists in there. We have pro golfers in there. We have 85-year-old grandmothers in there. And, of course, they're – but everyone – it's just like starting a new sport. Everyone accepts that they're a white belt and starts at the beginning. Just like when I got into jiu-jitsu, I go, I want to learn how to do these rear naked chokes. They go, look, you've got to learn how to hold somebody down so you can get in the position. Hence, going back to a white belt. And that's Robert Greene, one of my favorite authors. And he goes, that's, and that's when people really, whenever we teach people and they learn how to grip the ground with their feet or how to, just how, how to fire, trying to fire each glute independently of the other one, they realize how, quote, worthless they are as a student and how as much, it doesn't matter how much they deadlift anymore. They can't grip the ground with their foot. And it's a real reality check about where they are with their movements. And, so during that process, it takes people between – there's two phases of the movie method. Phase one is mostly ground-based, getting people prepared to squat and deadlift, which are two of the most fund – I mean they're two of the most powerful and preventative movements out there, but also two of the most difficult and two of the most injurious. So we prepare them to be able to do that, and that's what module phase two is, is teaching them to squat and deadlift and perform more advanced plyometric moves – with the, in that brace position with good posture. So does that answer so your question? At the, no, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. I think what you, got, what you guys are doing shows that you put in a lot of time and effort into it, and you guys have created a program that you know is successful. I love the community aspect of it, um, bringing people together, making people coach each other. Like you said, the only way to learn is by doing. Like, there's just no two ways around that. So that's pretty That's pretty impressive. Um, so you've got people that are probably coming in at all different sorts of settings. You've got athletes, you've got grandma. Say somebody's we're, we're coming in and obviously the, they they the want to continue to land. do go, okay, to work out. Well, um, they want to continue to lift so weights or do a specific really movement practice, whether it's yoga or jujitsu, like you said. 
what would you say if someone is, is not in pain, but it's just, you know, coming to move you and, and is, and is working out or somebody that's not in pain at all. What would you say is your favorite type of movement practice, whether that's yoga, um, some sort of martial art, gymnastics, what's a good one that, that people should, should get involved with? Well, let's say that, let's say that somebody has no pain and that they are in, they have, um, let's just say an average, uh, competency of their movements, meaning Perfect. scapular control, core bracing, diaphragmatic breathing, glute activation, being able to use their feet correctly and, and being able to describe those are all mediocre. Let's say that. I don't know if I have a favorite, but I have a, we, there's an order that we tend to stick by. It's that the, from a mindset standpoint and safety standpoint, we start with, we, we tell people the yoga because there's a community aspect to yoga. There's a breathing, there's a serenity to it. You're going through movements. You're doing kind of boring things that you usually wouldn't do on your own, but you're, they're in the context of yoga and they're effective. So yoga and Pilates, we put those at like the foundation of that and say, hey, if you're going to continue anything, go start with that yoga and Pilates. I think your question though is if they, did, if they were starting the, are we talking about the people that are involved with the movie method or just the fitness practices in general? I think you'd go with, with both. I think um, what you just said is perfect. That's kind of the person that is fitness-minded, maybe has been working out for a long time, understands their body, but not to the extent they would after they went on the move you method. So I think I, I would also like to to add on to that question. I think you're going down this path is I love the order. So I'd love to hear maybe like those are your top two, like people should get involved because when you're doing yoga, you know, you're getting cued on where to keep your scaps, how to breathe through your diaphragm, tucking in your belly, all of those things are great, which is exactly what you're talking about. So let's kind of continue right. down that path to maybe like some of the worst movement practices um, or some of the stuff that people are just completely doing incorrectly that can cause the pain that they would then have to come well, to you for. You know, we're just, I, I, I'm an action sport guy. So there's nothing I don't, I think everything's amazing, right? Whether it's football or CrossFit or skydiving or mountain biking, I think they're all amazing sports. However, as the intensity increases throughout the sports, you, people also lose their connection with their body. And in certain situations, they completely dump their position of their body in exchange for more reps or more weight. So we get into the categories of CrossFit, of course. I mean, controversial. Um, no doubt, though, exploded. Great community. Um, we worked with – when we had our local practice here, we worked with 12 local boxes around here with, with patients. So I'm a fan of CrossFit. But if people don't have their movements in check, if, if they can't maintain those positions and if they're not – if they don't understand why, they, I mean, your, their chance of injury goes through the roof. It's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. And then you get into squats and deadlifts. Those are two most injurious exercises that we see out there. We hear more injuries coming from those two than anything else. So you go, you start with the yoga Pilates and the other end of the spectrum, you've got your action sports. And I'll put CrossFit in that category, action sports. With CrossFit, mountain biking, run, even run, running is challenging. Holding your position while running, especially the way the shoes are made and people strike. So that's the scale starting at. It's like 
And we call those the red, the yellow, uh, the, uh, the green light, the yellow light, and the red light movements, exercises. So, I mean, um, workouts, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be the other end of the spectrum of it. Now, if somebody were to join Move You Method in pain, here's what we tell them. There's something that happens at about day 20 uh, that we call recovery momentum. It's whenever they start feeling the snowball. And they're like, oh, shit, this is awesome. Now, if someone was continuing CrossFit with back pain and doing the Move You Method, that snowball takes a lot longer to generate. And by the time it does generate until you recognize that it is a snowball, that might be a month three. And at that point, you may have not even gone. You may have not even stuck with it that long to to even feel the snowball occurring because you don't feel the results. So people that crush it with Move You, that crush it. All that hobby stuff, they hit the pause button for two months. They put all the effort into Move You. That's the that's to give people the, the highest chance of them absolutely crushing it. But now we realize people don't want to lose their fitness. So we say it's okay to continue because right now we have two people competing for going into CrossFit games. They're six hours CrossFit a day and doing movie method. Uh, But as long as they're well aware that what they're doing at CrossFit, that's probably what caused their pain to begin with. It's not what they're doing. It's how they were doing it. And so they're trying to combat that and learn new, learn new learn a new way to move while they're also causing damage. So sometimes it's a wash. That's where it gets a little dicey. But we do believe as people understand, if people are, if they understand, hey, look, you're, you can continue running and do the movie method with your pain, but just understand it's going to take you longer before you see the results like other people in the group are having. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that, that totally breaks it down. It's like you can do anything if you're doing it correctly. I mean, it just shows that once you learn how to move your body within space and be able to do stuff like that, that's why you see athletes being able to perform at a high level for years on years is because they understand the way that their body moves. I think what you mentioned and, and what kind of the process is, which I really love, is first kind of just understanding what posture means. You know, How do you stand up straight? How do you control those different assets? Um, I guess kind of once that phase comes to fruition and people are understanding that, what would you say are a few of your favorite um, core strengthening exercises to really brace the core down? I think personally, I, um, I've been working a lot just recently on posture, um, alignment, um, and, and making sure that I'm, that I'm standing up straight because it's something that I preach and I want to be able to do it and I feel strong with that. So the next step for me is, okay, how can I strengthen my core in an effective way as opposed to maybe doing some of the stuff that you see in magazines are online that might might look sexy but at the end of the day isn't as effective for strength um and just being able to control yourself right you you guys are very intelligent by the way great questions man um so i'm not the core expert um that's andrew and got a one developed- hell of a belly how do we do that with our belly <laughs> that's the that's the number one question how the hell do we do that <laughs> You know what's so funny is he gets the comments we get. People are like, dude, he's got to quit doing the roids or that's HGH belly hurt. He's got some disease. It's so funny. Andrew's like, I've been doing this since I've been five years old. Yeah. <laughs> dude, the funniest video, I think it probably still has got to be one of your one of your most popular is when you're just looking at the camera talking. It was the first video I ever saw from you guys. 
and he's just fucking pushing his belly out about three feet, strumming that exercise band across his belly. I lost it. Oh, that one did really well. People call it the alien stomach. People are like, what the fuck is wrong with this? People get, like, angry at his stomach. It's so funny. His facial expressions are absolutely priceless. Yeah, he's he. It's something else. The uh, you know he was a he was a student of mine. I, I taught I taught kinesiology at Cal State University San Marcos. And he was a student of mine, and that's how it all started with him. And he he told me uh, he's he grew up. Jim Carrey was his favorite actor, so you could see some Jim Carrey esque oh, yeah, to his personality. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yep, but back to the core. So Andrew, he's the. I, I, I don't know anybody that, that not only teaches core strength like he does, but lives by it, right? There's a difference. And what he would, how he would answer that question is he would say, he would say the first step is learning how to properly brace your core and diaphragmatic breathe while with a brace core and learn how your diaphragm is actually used as a compression piston to stabilize your spine. Um, this is something he is much better at than I am. So the first step is bracing. And he, his numbers show that like, well, at least the people that we've seen now, granted the people that we see, we've seen six, 7,000 new patients over the course of the last five years. And most people come in with, with prop with, with, with pain. So we don't have a sample size of non people without pain, but Less than 1% of people that he's seen know how to properly brace the core. And I'm talking our sample size is not just average people. I mean, there's some of the top athletes in the world that have come in, flown in to see us. So he currently teaches that. I don't know if you guys have done one of our live webinars, but he teaches that at at the about the 40-minute marker until 15, about 35 minutes to about – he does it for a 15-minute demo. He would say to practice that, and that involves literally laying on your back – bracing and then diaphragmatic breathing where your diaphragm you allow when you inhale your diaphragm right as it contracts it draws downward into the abdominal cavity creating pressure in the abdomen if your core muscles are braced and if your pelvic floor muscles are braced and it creates that pressure and now you can use that pressure uh, that intra-abdominal pressure during movements. You can use it when you deadlift, when you squat, when you pick up a kid. It's almost like a switch. It's a dial that if you're going to be pushing a dumpster, you turn that dial to 100. But if you're going to pick up a kid, maybe that dial only goes up to 20. So it's a dial that you that you self-regulate during all of your movements. And he, he says he lives his life at about 30% braced at all given times. So that would be the long-winded answer because I'm very hesitant to give exercises because if people cannot brace and cannot align their parts properly, um, they can do all the planks and bird dogs and bridges they want. They're just doing them wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I'm reluctant to give an exercise on that and focus more on that that bracing. And that's something that is available in our on our webinar uh, for free. And he'll teach that about 50, like 35 to 50 minute mark, 15 minutes. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I think I love that you're not just giving into the question and you are like truly living and breathing the method because to me that shows that you actually believe in what in what you're preaching and I think that that what you just mentioned is is so important. You can you can do a million sit-ups, a million 
rope twists and stuff like that. But if you can't brace your core, or you can't stand up straight. All you're doing is long-term damage. You might be getting a six pack in the short term, but in five years from now, you're going to pull out your lower back or slip a disc. And I think that's something that's changed drastically within my training is that when I was growing up and I'm sure you were the same way too, everyone wanted to get big. Everyone wanted to be a bodybuilder. You just wanted to throw around as much weight, put as many, as many freaking uh, weight plates on the leg press, on the bench press. I was a basketball player in our high school conditioning program was who could bench the most weight. Like, <laughs> what the hell is that? Um, yeah. and, and so it's been recent. It's been in the last couple of years that I've been learning through people like yourself that have been like, okay, I really need to focus on the movement. And that's the, the longevity of it and working with clients and seeing, okay, if you work with them for six months, but they can't externally rotate their knees on a squat you can put as much weight on there but eventually their legs are going to give out and so i think that's amazing that you guys are really sticking to this method and develop something that takes time um because to me showing something that takes time is worthwhile there's nothing out there that's a quick fix and so that's that's amazing i would say um kind of a follow-up question to that is you mentioned andrew slipped a disc back in 2013 kind of went through your method you guys have known each other through a while being a student um, now, obviously, he's jacked. He looks in, he's in amazing shape. He's able to move every single muscle in his body correctly. What does a typical workout look like for him um, through warm up to cool down? Right. Okay. If, uh, first, I want to read one of my favorite quotes by one of uh, my favorite presidents, Theodore Roosevelt. I love this quote. Is Nothing in the world is worth having or doing unless it means effort, pain, difficulty. I have never in my life envied a human being who's led an easy life. I've envied a great many people who led difficult lives and led them well. Yeah, easy's for the birds. Love that. <laughs> Good. But Andrew, Andrew is, um, he's a CrossFit athlete. Okay. So he trains, um, he, he trains four days a week uh, at a local CrossFit gym and he does, you know, he'll do whatever workouts are programmed for him there. I mean, that's the unsexy answer for his workouts. Now, as always, it's not the workout is what he's doing in that workout. And I mean, granted, he's literally moving about some way all day long. I look over, it's like, one minute his feet are up on the bench and next minute he's like doing like some He's on his computer, but his feet are on a bench, and his he- his chest is on the ground. His head's like a foot up. He's in like a bone arrow extension. And then I like blink my eyes, and he's trying to do a split while he's typing. So he's constantly moving. Um, I love that. We take his- we take calls and headstands. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's right, and it's it's. So he's better equipped to answer. I'm not sure about his warm up and cool down, but I mean he's working out four days, and he programs he programs our workouts. He programs my workouts for me right now. Um, but yeah, his warm up and cool down. I don't. You know what? I can't. I cannot accurately answer that part. I can't about, accurately answer that part. What does yours look like? Um. So currently. Uh, I, I, I move I move about through different sports. I'm a, so I keep active through. I'm a free diver, so I breath hold dive and I spearfish. So uh, you know I've got like a five minute, ten second breath hold, and I go out Ooh. in the kelp and I di- and I dive and I hunt fish underwater. And I mean I could go 
I could go in the water for eight hours straight diving. And I train jiu-jitsu as well, so I'll, I'll warm up for 20, 30 minutes first. And um, I typically – my warm-up's pretty – uh, pretty consistent, meaning I'll always warm my muscles up first. I'll hop, I like I love rowing, so I'll hop on the air dive. I'm sorry, I'll hop on the uh, I'll hop on the. Uh, where am I drawing a blank here? The Concept Two rower, do a thousand meters, and then I go through a I go through a mobility uh, warm up program for probably 20, 20 to thirty minutes every single time, and that involves some foam rolling, um, working on my movement patterns, gripping the ground with my feet working on calf mobility, spending most time on what that movement I'm doing that day is, and also targeting my weak spots. Like, genetically, I have a shit right hip thanks to my dad. It's just the mobility is terrible, and I work it every single day. So I spend extra time in that right hip. Getting If I'm going to squat that day, I'll put some extra time in my right piriformis muscle, grip the ground with my right foot, work on my right groin mobility to get my right knee out over my foot a little bit more. I work on thoracic spine rotation, core breathing, bracing. Uh, I always stand up against a wall, set my posture in the right position, get my shoulder blades in the right position, watch myself in the mirror, make sure my movements are good. And then I'll start some sort of a workout, uh, like a modified workout of the day. I, I like CrossFit format. So I'll do like MRAPs or Metcons. And, but of course I stay well within my limits. Just like yesterday, I was doing, I was, I was doing meathead bench. I'm like, seriously, I'm 34 now for some reason. Something happened to my chest. Like, it, like, deflated. I don't know where the hell it went. I'm, like, looking at myself. What the hell, Mike? So now I'm, like, kind of getting a little meatheadish, trying to work. And I'm, like, self-conscious about my chest. Like, people are talking. I'm, like, covering myself like a, like a, like a woman going through puberty. I'm, like, my God, dropping. So I'm dropping, like, some more chest. But um, mostly it's very functional. But, like, I injured my AC joint a year ago. And it took me about a year to recover. But even... That movement dysfunction has come from that. I was doing bench press yesterday. I could have got three more reps, but I felt my I felt my left shoulder um, destabilize, and it felt it starting to hike up. And that means that that means the set is over. That additional weight, those additional reps, are not worth the long term consequences of reinforcing that poor movement pattern. So that's when I stop. Is whenever I feel my when I feel, and that's when Andrew would tell you too. He stops when it's movement. When he starts to lose his his movement patterns, that's when the that's whenever the set is over. It's not to maximum. Maximum reps is how the maximum weight is going to be. How at what point you're before you lose your movement patterns? Not how much weight that you actually can push up. So that's what we live by, and that's what we preach by as well. Yeah, and that's that is awesome. I think, and it's it's always interesting to hear. Um, CrossFit in a good light because I agree for people who can handle it. I think it's an amazing movement practice, um, but it's definitely a good conversational segue into my next question about um, people who work in an office at a desk. So we have had a ton of conversations about people who are interested in CrossFit but are certainly deconditioned. They are drawn to CrossFit because they haven't been on a sports team for a while and missed that community aspect as you talked about. Um, but they work 60, 70, 80 hours a week in an office and are confined to their desk. And it's such a different um, way to spend your time than Andrew being able to you know, type on his computer from all different types of directions. Um, but everybody, to some extent, 
is seated for a portion of the day or at least at a desk or staring at their phone. Um, so I would love to segue that into talking about an ideal work day. Maybe it's a way to slap a Band-Aid at least on having to sit at a desk and then being able to go work out and move. So I have a couple questions around just kind of the, the desk worker in general. Um, I'll kind of throw them all out to you and you can start and then I'll kind of guide you back through. But I would love to know about an ideal desk setup, how many breaks you should take during the day. Let's just assume an eight-hour workday. Um, how much time should be spent sitting versus standing? So obviously standing desks are getting a pretty good rep as of recent. Um, and then with a 15-minute break, 15 to 20-minute break every so often, like what's what should you be doing during that break? Because I transitioned from a sedentary lifestyle. So I started my career in public accounting doing tax consulting before Brett and I started this business. So I know what a 70-hour, 80-hour work week at a desk feels like. And it took me a really long time being mobile in a gym for my work day before a lot of my basic aches and pains went away. So I'd, I'd love to kind of like walk through that because we get questions on that all the time. Well, we'll, let's start off with this is that we get, you know, we get thousands of messages a month and a lot of them are like, I, I have to sit at a desk for 50 hours a week. I'm like, well, get a stand-up desk and they go i'm not i'm not allowed and then my my thing is well quit your job where you're constrained to a cubicle sitting and you're not allowed to why the fuck are you there <laughs> why are you being treated like like why do you accept being treated like that it's like do what you love <laughs> so dude you are I, like, we're on the same speed desk. there yeah that is just exactly what we say. One of our podcasts was called Quit Your Job. And actually, I never posted it because that was the entire podcast. It was like 38 seconds. It's <laughs> <laughs> effective. But right, it's like, why are you somewhere where you're literally, people are telling you that you can't, that you're absolutely constrained to sit in? I don't want, that is, uh, that's besides me. Like, but if, if you... <laughs> Let's just say you did not quit your job and you just want to do want to know a little bit more. I'm going to give I'm going to give a the first thing I'm going to do is give the, the best solution. The best solution is, is if you're sitting all day and your posture is you look at your posture and you look at yourself and go, this is not good. Because a lot of people go, oh, my my they get really depressed talking about posture. Um, that means that it doesn't matter what I tell you, like what advice I give with that. You're probably going to sink back into your old ways until you truly have a movement transformation. And that involves, once again, breaking down your movements in its individual parts, learning what the glutes do, understanding what pelvic tilt does, knowing how to brace your core, being able to properly use your scapula, your shoulder blade, being able to retract your chin in the right position. And being able to grip the ground with your feet to hip hinge, to core brace. I think I said that. And that's deconstructing your posture. And then whenever you identify each one, your limitations, and reassemble them, that is when that entire transformation takes place where you will never go back to sitting that way again. You'll make changes in your life because you are now, you have the knowledge and you actually experience what good posture feels like. So that's the real answer to people that are sitting. 
And I could say, I'll say go through the movie method because we're passionate about it. That's what it teaches. But whenever people go through it, they then, they then take authority in their life. They're the leader in their life. Their life is back in their control. And they demand a better life, a better position at work. They demand a stand-up desk. They make choices that put them closer to health and not the other direction. So that is, people ask for these simple tips at work. I don't know if they're doing anything because I don't know if simple tips even help or if I'm doing people a disservice. Yeah. But let's say that you were, and we have, we have free programs too. It's like our, our free program on movie.com. It's a five point movement assessment. You test your own movement. It's awesome. Um, do that. So, but let's say now this person's at work. And they have some options at work. They can, um, you know, they can get a stand-up desk. Uh, we found a general the rule. The best case scenario rule is a one third, one third, one third. It's this: you spend a third of your time sitting, a third of your time standing, and a third of the time laying on your stomach, and cycling between those um, every hour, every one hour, for an hour. But if your body, if it starts to scream pain, pain doesn't lie. Pain is the sign. Pain is telling you something needs to change. So if you're screaming pain after 20 minutes of sitting, your rotation now goes 20, 20, 20. And if you can't lay in your stomach, it looks like you're going to be splitting the time 50, 50, sitting and standing. Now, one of the things with standing is, once again, is people go to a standing desk and they stand like shit. They stand up. And because they've been sitting so long, they stand up, their hip flexors are tight, it throws them in a forward pelvic tilt, their shoulders are rounded forward, their head's sticking 19 inches forward, but they have a stand-up desk. I don't know how much better this is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You're just standing Um, looking like an idiot rather than sitting down looking like an idiot. What's say that again? I said you're just standing looking like an idiot rather than sitting looking like an idiot. Right. I would say it's a little bit less worse. <laughs> but more people can see you with a 19-inch neck tilt. <laughs> that, that's a concern. Is people have this social pressure where they go, well, if I stand up and everyone else is sitting. It's for real. And the, tr- the truth is this, though. Um, the truth is that everybody deep inside probably feels the same thing. And they're waiting for one person, one leader in the room to make take action and to make a change themselves. And I know that they follow. And the reason I know this is because if I'm in an airport in a terminal, I'm actually, I'm a little outlandish. I'm like stretching off poles. I'm like grabbing people's luggage and like holding it over my head. Like I'm a little bit crazy with it. But what happens, airports, people are drones because societal norms, if you don't want to look different, right? But as I'm stretching an airport terminal, it takes people 10 minutes, but I watch them all. They all start squidging around. They all start moving a little bit. I know that I'm inspiring them. And that's the same thing with an office setting of all seated. It's like everyone's probably going down the same path. Everyone's going down with the Titanic. It's like somebody stand up. And so that, that leadership of standing is, is and doing it for your health will inspire others to do it. But – to give people the dimensions they think they want. It's this, is if you stand up in good posture, stand as tall as you can, and if you tuck your hips underneath to get rid of that, you find that pelvic neutral where you arch your back, you tuck, you arch, you tuck, you find the middle, 
you pull your shoulder blades down and back, you pull your chin back, and now what you do is you bring your your that now you bring your fist up like you're doing a bicep curl, and the point at the the lower part of your elbow to where that touches the ground, that number of inches is the height ideal height of your stand up desk. The height it should be. Awesome. Was that clear? Yeah, very. Yeah, that's super That's helpful. so funny talking about the airport. So, <laughs> See Jason and I. <laughs> Brett and I just got back from several travels and we're doing like I, – first of all, the, the downfall of Western civilization is the moving freaking escalator, the moving sidewalk. <laughs> oh my god. Like god, just walk. Just walk. So – I hated that, so I just put my bag down on it and just did a handstand and <laughs> put it on camera. People were did you? That's awesome. people were just like, "What the hell are you doing?" But Brett and I are uh, av- avid um, hyper ice users. We both have hypersphere, so when we get in the airport terminal. That thing is just buzzing, buzzing, lighting up Terminal One. <laughs> those things are those things are no joke. Those things are powerful. They are, and TSA does not like that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, what does TSA got to say? Oh, oh every man. time, oh, man. Especially it's when sad. you're in a country that doesn't speak English. So, no, it's what insane. the hell is this thing? Yeah. Mm. Try describing doing soft tissue or like soft tissue release, saying that in a language that you don't understand. It does not come out right. I can't believe they haven't taken that thing from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, but like kind of segueing into that, is is that advice, the sitting versus standing, any different from travelers? Because in that sense, you know, there isn't a standing seat on an airplane. So people that are confined, especially on the consulting grind, Brett and I have a lot of clients that travel every week for work or are regular travelers. Does that change on an airplane or would you just you know, prescribe kind of standing up every 15 to 20 minutes just to take a little light stretch? Well, what tends to happen on flights with people is that, of course, they get constricted to the middle or, or, or maybe the window, and they're, they're essentially trapped. And they know it's a matter of time before they start feeling discomfort. And it's, it's a game of it, – it, flying is a game of keeping your head above water um, when you got weights on your ankles. So the more you're able to move when you sit on a flight, the more pelvic tilts you do, the more times you brace your core, the more times you pinch your shoulder blade or pin yourself in good posture against the seat, and the more times you push your knees out wide into the armrest and hold them there to fire your glutes and to fire each glute, the more you do that, the more you're going to, the longer you're going to be able to keep your head above water before the ship goes down. And when that, when you go down, it's time for you to get up and walk around, uh, whatever that time frame is. But people do like, um, but it does get exhausting too, especially if you're trying to sleep, right? And, and so in all honesty, you can't move about like that the whole time you fly. So having a support under your – and I'm always looking for a good headrest. I mean a good pillow for the plant. There's a million out there. I always thought I'd develop one someday. But there's one called like Cabo, C-A-B-E-A-U. They have like it's a memory foam one. I think it's the best one. So you can like crunch that up. You can put it behind your low back. To give you a little low back, uh, a little more arch if you're sitting with your back too flat or, of course, putting that, wedging that somehow next to you to keep your head from just bending completely sideways. I look at people and they're just like, their whole body's like they're compressing their left low back and their head's falling and then they sleep like that for six hours. I'm like, how do you, this is not going to be good to walk. And then they get up and walk. They, they walk as crooked as they were sitting. <laughs> so it's, uh, the I, see, I watch, I watch movements like, Andrew and I joke, but it's like, you could be 
uh, Amish with a full cape. We can see your movements through that, so you can't hide from us. Especially girls trying to give their little booty pop. I'm like, that girl, you got no booty underneath that. That's all interior tilt. It's, this, it's the uh, it's the skinny girl Instagram. I say it all the time. We got to get away from that. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I that that's a, movements. Yeah, that's that's super interesting talking about the travel. Jason and I do a bunch of travel, and so we're always finding ways to be standing up. I was recently on a flight to Amsterdam and there was a small little section where the, uh, um, the stewardesses were hanging out. I kind of jumped in there halfway through, started doing some yoga flows. Everyone looked at me funny, but then exactly like you said, I could tell everyone starts moving, rolling their necks around. Uh, and then one other thing that I do personally is bring a lacrosse ball with me. And if it's like just sitting there jamming it into my forearm, sitting on it, rolling my feet, just anything I can do to being to increase mobility while I'm up there is I'm always trying to do that. Um, and that is awesome. You guys in San Diego at all? You guys plan on coming out here or LA? Oh yeah, we, we come to LA a decent amount, but next time we're there, we're going to sneak down to see you for sure. Hell yeah, just make sure we got, I, I have your, um, was it Brett that you messaged me? Uh, yeah. your, I have your number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. one, one thing you mentioned was that, that sleep position on a plane. Obviously, it's extremely hard to be in a good position, but you know, we spend a lot of time sleeping, um, and sleep is great for recovery. It's good for rest. It's good for relaxation, obviously. Um, but talking about being in bad positions for an extended period of time, sitting, if you sit, you round your shoulders, you lose the glute activation, uh, all that's bad. But when we sleep too, um, you could sleep in a million different positions. What would you say is the best position to sleep? Do you have any recommendations for other pillows you mentioned? Do you stack pillows between your knees? Do you have a certain mattress? Can you kind of take us through sleep? Because we spend so much time in that position. And if you are sleeping with bad posture, I'm sure it's not going to help your back pain. Right. Okay. Sleeping. Um, Oftentimes, though, um, and this is, I don't have research behind this. But it is, um, but I believe, and through hearing enough people and how they, their success is, is, you hear a lot of times, my back is killing me when I'm sleeping, what do I do? Well, we find that just by teaching them how to move correctly throughout the day, that their back pain is better, that they sleep better. Because the pain at night that you feel is often a result of the way you were moving during the previous 20 years of your life (laughs) and not just the way you were sleeping. So this new whole, get a new bed, get a new mattress thing. Um, it, I don't know if you guys know people that go on pillow hunts, but they end up having 600 pillows because they're looking for a quick fix (laughs) when it's not the pillow. Yeah. And it's not that someone with a healthy back should be able to sleep on a bale of hay. (laughs) (laughs) You should be able to sleep on hay with a, with a brick for a pillow. Uh, (laughs) Now moving Onto the bed. So just so people know, it's it's not it's probably not the bed or the mattress or the pillows causing a problem. It's probably the way you're moving. Now, but there is people go, what's the best way to sleep? And I go, Well, how do you sleep? And I'll say, Well, on my back. I'm like, Well, you sleep on your side. They go, I can't sleep on my side. Okay, so that doesn't matter then what the best way to sleep is if you can't sleep in the best way. Not that the side is the best way. But oftentimes People are so they can only sleep a certain way. They'll sleep. They can only sleep on their stomach or their back or their side. And I don't. I'm not a. I guess I haven't put time into helping people change habits. But here's a simple rule of thumb: the more pillows you have, the more likely you are not to toss and turn all night. The people that we find toss and turn sleep with one pillow 
one deflated pillow. I'm like, how do you even sleep? I sleep with six pillows. So I got a head pillow. Uh, I sleep my side. Head pillow, knee pillow, foot pillow, and I hug a pillow. Then I have a back pillow, and then an arm pillow for like my arms so my elbow doesn't stay straight all night. So I sleep with six. But if there's a girl or something, she actually, I only sleep with five because she's equivalent to one pillow. (laughs) (laughs) So it's five, one less. And, but a simple rule of thumb, the more pillows, the more, the less like you are, you are to toss and turn all night. Now, you always hear things like, well, sleeping in my stomach, sleeping in my stomach is the worst because what it does to your neck. But there's ways to get around each one. There's something that, that we call a quarter position. And it's this. If you're a side sleeper, um, you're literally crushing your arm, your shoulder, the whole night. And it's crushed. So if you put a pillow, a wedge, a small pillow underneath your long ways along your back, it allows you to lean backwards slightly. Not that you're laying on your back. And not that you're laying on your side, but you're in the middle. So it takes a lot of pressure off of that shoulder. So that's that's what we find. That's how I sleep. And a lot of people I know have found success through that quarter method. And it goes the same with sleeping on your stomach. So if you're sleeping flat on your stomach um, with only one head pillow, your low back is probably very arched. Now, for somebody who has a flat low back, this actually may help them. Now, most people don't have that. Roughly 70% of people have too much curve in their low back. So simply sleeping on their back or on their stomach is adding to the is adding fuel to the fire. So once again, if you choose to sleep on your stomach, um, the quarter position. So it means the pillow now is going to go underneath your shoulder. It's a thick pillow too, like like three like once it's compressed that baby still has a few inches. You may even want to try a yoga bolster instead. And so you're not in your stomach. You've got a, uh, you've got a pillow starting on your, let's say, your, your left shoulder going down to your abdomen. So it wedges you up. So you're not on your side and you're not in your stomach, but you're in between. So this takes a little pressure off your neck. Now, if you're on your back and you're having a hard time sleeping, it, you must get your knees up in the air more than 12 inches before your pelvic tilt starts to change. People put like one or two pillows underneath their knees. It doesn't do anything. It does nothing to the pelvis. That pelvis, your knees have got to be up up 10 to 14 inches in the air before your pelvis starts to tuck underneath. So if you're on your back, more pillows under the knees. If you're on your stomach, wedge a pillow under your shoulder. And if you're on your side, put a pillow underneath your back so you can lean back on it. And we have uh, our blog, movie.com. Uh, our one of our blogs, we go over these positions in more detail, and that information is free. Yeah, that's amazing. great. That sounds that's amazing. When you guys are when you're developing all of this information, when you are looking into new things for Move You, when you guys are making new Instagram videos and deciding the direction you should give advice, where do you guys go for education? Who do you guys respect in the industry? What are other great places to look that you guys? either draw knowledge or inspiration from then like coaches very, or resources. Very good. Um, so recently I've been, um, 
I've discovered uh, Peter Sullivan, who's a great, I, I really like his research um, with the back. Also, I still like McKinsey Institute. I like their research that they put out. Uh, I've, I've, the certifications that I've done along the way include Titleist Performance Institute, SFMA, FMS. Um, that's through Gary, Gary, um, Gray Cook. Yeah. And through Greg Rose with TPI. So I turn to them. Also, where do we have? Give me a second here. I'm drawing a blank on one researcher that I like as well. Let me let me pull this up for you. And I've also liked, you know, Kelly Starrett. He's got he's been a great forward thinker as well. He's really brought in this. What I like about Kelly Starrett is he's he's shown up on scene and he's telling people, hey, look, the body's not fragile. Because what happens is after people go through a runaround with the medical system, the medical system makes you they they, they, they they treat you like your body is this fragile snowflake. And if you do something wrong, it's gonna break like a piece of glass. And what I like about Kelly Storetti's he came and goes, look, mobilize it. You're fine, okay? <laughs> You're not a fragile snowflake. Your body's actually pretty damn strong and durable, which it is. It's very durable. Um, that's why it's, it's one-time injuries, according to World Health Organization, that most people attribute pain to a certain event. It was an overhead press. It was a deadlift. It was a squat. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't it, that, but that exercise is usually the one that that broke the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, yeah. But if you're hip hinging 3,000 times a day, you've, you've deadlifted wrong 16 million times before you've had an injury. The body is extremely durable. Uh, I, I'm 6'4", 225. I literally have jumped on people with all my might, and I cannot hurt people. That's why chiropractic, it was a safe. I'm like... Ask malpractice insurance. Uh, I paid $1,200 a year for malpractice. I mean, it's nothing. It's pennies. So it's very hard to hurt somebody. Um, the people that blame others for hurting them are probably ones that blame everything else in their life, blame someone else for their problems instead of themselves. But back to Kelly Sturette. He's good. <laughs> um, Andrew... Uh, we, we like going to perform better summits. Andrew's been to a few of those. Yeah. A lot of the – my current model is is actually – you know, guys, I'm, I'm in the my, – my mindset is not in the movement in the last year and a half. It's on, it's on the success mindset. It's helping people change behaviors. It's helping people think different, helping people move towards their goals, how to help people achieve their goals – and that's my – I've now turned to different authors for that, like um, uh, Robert Greene, 48 Laws of Power, the book Mastery, even The Art of Seduction is a great book. Um, so I moved more towards the, the, the success and process-oriented people because I feel like the movement side of it, we're, we're pretty good there. And I'm going to say that according to research as well, that this whole symptom diagnosis treatment, um, or at least 
is is maybe 20% of the overall of someone's progress, mm-hmm. meaning that there's 80% of it that isn't even about the exercise. It's about the community. It's about how they feel about their back, how they feel about their body, how they feel about their life, what they're putting into their body. That's 80% of it. And that's why, that's why as a whole, and I'll read you this direct quote. This is right from a, a research article I love. I, this is what I, I absolutely love this. The healthcare system faces enormous challenges with both the disability burden and financial impact relating to low back pain escalating. Growing evidence suggests that current treatments and surgeries is conflicting with evidence today and is in fact often worsening the problem. Change will demand a cultural shift in beliefs and practice. So my new focus is the shift in the belief and practice. Yeah. is helping people shift, how to help people change. So that's my model. And um, you know what I can do is let me get – I've got – I'm very terrible with names, but I've got some good researchers. How about you guys? Can I put some stuff in the show notes if I send it over oh, yeah. to you guys? Yeah, for sure. Just send it over. We'll put everything in there. All right. Let me write that down. Okay, awesome. cool. Um, so I think exactly what you said is 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 it. It's changing the process, and it's it's creating that community around it. Um, we'll end with one final question. If you could give one piece of advice to our listeners to live better in their own lives, what would it be? One piece of advice to help your listeners live a better life. What would it be? Mm-hmm. It would be it would it, it it would be it would be to pursue it would be to pursue your passion, which will help you find your purpose in life. And when you find your purpose, there's nothing that will stop you. That's it. <laughs> that is everything. I mean, to be honest, that is our exact message and what we what we do. Jason and I's background is leaving something that we knew wasn't our passion and being able to do it now. The success is limitless, and it has nothing to do with. Uh, the financials, it's all about how well you're doing in your life and how you know you're making an impact on others. And so we know that you're doing this right. Jason and I are literally going to sign up and start doing your method so that we can preach to everybody and, and learn and, and see if we're doing everything right. We want to make sure we're educating our clients in the best way. So we're super excited to to get started and start to really partner with you guys and, and do some amazing things. So we just want to Thank you so much for being on the show. And if you could just let our listeners know where to find you, where to contact you, and how to move better, we would we'd love for them to know. That's awesome. And you know, there's something I'm, I'm learning now. Being, I feel like I've I've moved to a different level where I, I I understand now like what success is and how, and then now in turn can help others guide them there. And now that I'm at that level, I'm starting to see and other companies and people if they've found that path as well. And you guys have. Uh, I can see it in your website. I can see it in the way you type. I can see it in the images that you use. And 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 I believe that there's only maybe ten percent of people that are at that level. And you guys are you guys are there. And I know that you know that the climb is still far for all of us. Oh, yeah. And but you guys are destined to make a massive impact. And I know you guys already are. So, I mean, it's great to just get to know you guys, to be in touch with you. And hopefully the, the listeners got a couple great take home messages about this. Um, you could find, you could find us 
Um, our main channel, actually, that, that works out well, uh, the best for us is Instagram. So we're at MoveU underscore official. That's at M-O-V-E, the letter U underscore official. Uh, you can find us at MoveU.com, M-O-V-E-U.com, uh, where you can find information on our free live webinar that we teach. Uh, we teach people how the process. It's the preparation phase which Abraham Lincoln says, give me six hours to chop down a tree. I'll spend the first four sharpening the ax. And that's exactly what the webinar is. It's sharpening your ax. And uh, you can take our free program on movie.com, which you can assess your own movements to find out if wh- what areas that you need help on. And we have a podcast on there as well that you can listen to that and help you uh, make your drive easier, help you improve your posture and you move during the day. And that's, uh, that's how to get a hold of us. And if you want to get a hold of me personally, it's Mike at movie.com. Or infomovie.com. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Give Andrew our best, too. Tell him to keep that belly <laughs> belly rocking and moving. <laughs> Love All right, Jason. Thanks, guys. You guys are great. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. We'll connect soon, Mike. Thanks very much. Bye. See ya.